ideas and new technology are causing seismic shifts in the media industry. Where are we headed? What does it mean? Keep listening. Media strategist Gabriella Mirabelli talks with the brightest minds in entertainment and business. Meet the innovators, the risk takers, and the disruptors on the front lines of change from Hollywood, Wall Street, Silicon Valley, and beyond. The future is coming to a screen near you. Are you ready? This is the Up Next podcast with Gabriella Mirabelli. Welcome to Up Next. I'm your host, Gabriella Mirabelli. My guest today is Tiffany Garnaccia. Tiffany is described by PR Week as a visionary with her finger on the pulse of the public relations industry. She's the founder and CEO of Kite Hill PR and Communications Week. Today, we'll be discussing how PR and communications fits into marketing strategy. Tiffany, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I am so overjoyed to be speaking with you. A lot of marketers are leaning into content marketing with a goal to build awareness. And the thing is, I'm not sure that they all know how this dovetails and flows into public relations and communications. So if you were to describe how public relations fits into marketing strategy writ large, how would you describe it? That's a great question. And it's something that I talk to marketers and CEOs, especially of emerging startups and companies a lot about how PR is evolving and what are some of the strategies that you need to employ today. One of the first things to consider is that PR is a key way to shape brand awareness and to communicate with your stakeholders in a way that as marketers would understand is top of funnel. So Mm -hmm. it's a way to use earned media That's a big part of it, defining it as earned to shape that top of funnel awareness for the brand. So it's something that can help really fuel some of the efforts that you might have on the marketing front and on the sales front. But it's that magic piece that's earned that fits in with the rest of your marketing efforts. So a good model that I use as a framework where someone's trying to initially get smart on PR and look at how it fits in overall is the PISO model of communications. And that's something that you might've heard of before. And that's paid, owned, earned, and shared media and earned fits within that. Content discovery is challenging. Obviously paid, you can push out, but there are a lot of outlets, a lot of platforms. And if someone wants to build awareness for their brand, what kind of expectations should they have when they speak with a PR firm? Where should you expect to be if you are a new entrant? That's a great question. So when you think about shaping your PR program and what you should start to think about first is coming back to your broader business strategy and your business objectives. So your PR strategy and your communications plan should fall off the back of that. So when you think about some of the key objectives that you might have for your business, so one could be, for example, to grow your customer base. So your PR strategy can start to unfold In many ways, if you're a company that's looking to accomplish that, it could be all about building brand awareness. You could also have a strategy that's all about education and starting to educate the market on some of your products or services. Another key piece that could be a part of your strategy if you're looking at what is a typical formula could also lean into thought leadership. And Mm -hmm. that is something, especially if you are a B2B company, if you're looking, if you're an agency selling services, that thought leadership is a big part of that PR strategy as you're thinking about how do I start to educate the market? How do I connect? How do I better uh, really look at some of the key messages and that point of view that our executives need to have within the market to make that connection to our target customers 
and pull that forward. And then when you're thinking about all of those things, your question was about the content and was about what outlets do I start to target that you've got to look at some of those key strategic pieces first mm-hmm. and then look at your audience. And then the answer to those target publications come off the back of that. So if I'm looking at thought leadership for a company that's in the financial services industry, for example, I might be looking at targeting different publications like Business Insider. I might be looking at Fast Company or Entrepreneur, depending on the message that I have. But it really starts all the way going back to the top and thinking about my strategy and some of the key components. And then looking at some of the pieces of content or targeting, it's a little bit tactical. It fills in from there. Right. As a PR firm, you obviously have to have relationships with individual reporters or outlets. Is it with the outlet? Is it that you have a relationship with Fast Company or is it that you have a relationship with X reporter at Fast Company? I love this question. And this is a debate that I'm happy to have anytime because there's kind of, I think, old school approach that it is all about relationships, that PR agencies, it's kind of a dark art, wheeling and dealing. It's about the relationship and that's how you break through. And really, when you think about the media environment today, of course, being able to relate, have a relationship, have a conversation is important, but it really comes back to when you're thinking about the firm Do they have expertise in my industry? Do they have an understanding of the existing media environment? And how can I work with them to break through? Because relationships matter, but really not as much as they used to. When you think about journalists are constantly moving around, it's really more about understanding the publication, understanding the audience that that publication is trying to reach, what content matters to them, understanding the editorial calendar and some of the key things that are coming up within the industry. So what are the key news-making moments that are going to happen? And that's really important in being able to break through Mm -hmm. as opposed to thinking it's just about the one-off relationship. It's really about understanding the broader media environment and how do you craft that story? How do you craft that compelling pitch because well, earned media is earned. It's about breaking through. It's the sell it, right? So- the pitch. That's my next question. Perfect entry into it, which is on Twitter. Right. I, I sometimes see reporters complaining about or even mocking pitches that they've received. So what makes a pitch something that people will respond to positively? And what kinds of pitches are the kiss of death? That is something that I am personally so passionate about best practices in the PR industry. So as you know, I'm the founder and CEO of Kite Hill, which is a leading tech PR industry. But as I started Kite Hill nine years ago, I actually started Communications Week at the same time, which started off as a grassroots event, which was all about inspiring those who are in and interested in PR. And I I wanted to create this broader platform that started to highlight some of the great practices and best practices for the industry as it's continued to evolve. And I'm still involved in Communications Week. I sold that property just last year to Reagan Communications. So I'm the co- Thank you. Yeah, it was fantastic. And they are just taking it so much further. There's so much education there. And while we look at so many emerging trends in PR and, and what's cutting edge every single year, when we have communications week, it also comes back to what are some of the basics. And some of the basics are about nailing that pitch and what's a bad practice and a good practice. So 
a lot of what we do has to be, it's about the story that you're telling and it's tailored to that particular journalist and that audience. And there's certainly the bad practice out there of just that spray and pray approach. Mm -hmm. And that's unfortunate where it might be a junior PR person that's not getting the right training from the existing team. So some great tips, even if you're listening in and you're an emerging PR pro and you want to know how do I break through, it starts with understanding the publication and their audience, but going even further. So let's say you're targeting a publication like Business Insider, they're covering business, but it's not just about kind of breaking through with news and numbers. That's the two magic keywords there. What's the news and numbers that I have mm. uh, that I have that I'm, I'm putting into that story, but also Go further. Think about that publication's business model. Business Insider has a paywall. So they're thinking about how am I getting the right headline and the right content that's going to make someone click through and engage with the publication. So there's a lot of thought that you can put into it that helps to create that compelling story and that compelling pitch. And then just even thinking about it from that storytelling perspective, put your journalist hat on if you are a PR person and think about what would I want to read? What, what do I find compelling and interesting? Right. Way back in the mists of time, I had my own agency. And one of the things that was challenging was knowing how to select a partner and how to manage our own expectations with regard to what they should be able to do. So imagine that I'm a new brand and I'm talking to to you, to a PR agency. What should I understand going into the conversation with regard to managing my own expectations about what is achievable in what kind of time frame? I think there's two parts to that question. One is about if you're looking for an agency partner and you want some parameters to guide you in that decision to make sure that you find the right partner. And the other part is about KPIs and deliverables that that can be expected. So I'll answer the first part up front. When you're thinking about agencies, it's a fit both ways. Just like if you're a candidate applying for a job, you want to be the right candidate for that position. You want the company to be right for you. Mm -hmm. When you're thinking about hiring an agency, the best relationships that we've had over the years are really a couple of different things that, that come to the forefront that make that kind of magic happen. One is that the agency has industry expertise so that there's an expertise and understanding of your specific industry. So for us, we focus deeply on the tech industry. We go even further in certain categories of technology. Mm -hmm. So that's ad tech, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, clean tech, and green tech. We have a lot of expertise in those core categories. And that's a big part of being able to work not only as a PR partner, but as a strategic communications partner to our clients and really being able to get deeper into the business. And that's what you want, especially looking at um, really how the industry is shifting in, in, in this economy. You mm -hmm. have to be agile. You have to think about how do I shift and how do I understand what's happening in the broader marketplace? So working with a partner that can give you that lens is particularly important. Two, it's about the capabilities. So there's there needs to be alignment in where is that firm's expertise? What are their core capabilities? Where do I need them to stretch in mm. terms of other parts of communications to make it more efficient for me? So a lot of the, the bread and butter work that we do as an agency is media relations, it's thought leadership, it's working with companies on events and awards, which also add third-party credibility. So a big part of PR is 
not only education, but it's building that credibility for a company to really look at how you're communicating with your audiences. But we also stretch, depending on what our clients need to, to earn media amplification, which we were talking about before we started this conversation today, the importance of making sure that you're spreading the word through different channels, as well as other things, media training. So there's that's a part of it as well. We're not a firm that does consumer PR. So if someone's looking for some of those consumer strategies that wouldn't be a fit for us, we, we tend to refer that out to other partners. And then the third piece uh, in making that decision that's particularly important is it's about the people. Uh, mm. We want to look at an extension of your team. I think this is even more important today in the environment that we have when everyone who is a leader is facing things like the great resignation. You want to make the decisions not only for the people inside your company and who you're working with as a part of your team based on values, but think about your agency partners as well. They're an extension of your team. Mm. So they should feel like in-house. So you want to work with a partner that also shares some of your values and mm. that helps your people and the way that you're working together. It makes it more efficient and, and it's a representation of your company in many ways. Right. So speaking of in-house and external and teaming together, are there ways in which an in-house team can support the external team so that the spend goes to that value add, those unique things that the firm brings to the table? What are some of the things that in-house should really be taking on so that external people can can really do that heavy lift? It depends. So when you think about the ideal client relationship from an earned media perspective. If you're hiring an agency that's covering news creation, news jacking, thought leadership, a lot of the media relations, what you want to focus on and being a good partner is really looking at for the executives that you're using as your thought leaders and working with them to make sure that they're sharing their point of view that doesn't necessarily have to be controversial, but it should be counterintuitive. It should deliver value in perspective and feeding those perspectives over to the agency is particularly important. Mm. Some of the best client relationships that we have is working directly with a team that's the communications team, but having access to thought leaders and executives where they feel comfortable in sharing those perspectives. And then we take it to market. We're the ones that can act fast, that can newsjack, which is quite literally getting into breaking news stories based on that perspective. So that open flow of communications, access to thought leaders and sharing that point of view really makes for key success from an earned media perspective. Another part is making sure that the agency team has uh, really an understanding of what's happening within the company overall. Um, and that helps to feed the news pipeline. So oftentimes you might um, have someone who's managing an agency and things can feel a little siloed. Mm. Um, that might be, you know, you, you're kind of getting cut off from the rest of the organization because you're trying to keep focus, but really you want to, you know, loop the agency into some of those broader discussions that are happening. Like could be from the HR department and culture initiatives, because that could become a culture story. That's important to everyone right now. You're looking to hire, you're looking to retain the stories you're telling shouldn't just be about your products or services. There's a right. great opportunity to talk about your culture, your values, how you're living and breathing them. So historically it might feel like those, some of those purpose-driven communications are being owned by internal comms or some of the, the initiatives within the HR department. 
but it's something that the PR team should certainly, especially now, be looped into. And then on the other side of that, if you're a technology company, kind of think about some of the products that are in development or kind of what's happening in the market. And it might be an opportunity to seed some of those initiatives that you have to get a better understanding of what the tech team is working on. What are the developers working on? Are they going through a sprint? You know, what's that look like in terms of the overarching pipeline? And there's, there's other ways that you can weave that into your communication strategy, some of the things that are coming up to have an even smarter approach to, to the messages that you're putting out in the market. Right. I want to circle back. We had touched on KPIs. If I'm selling that I want to engage an external PR firm to my CFO or CEO, what kind mm-hmm. of ROI should I be able to talk about? What are the KPIs? How do I convince somebody who might be a little skeptical who says, you know, I'm buying something, but I'm not guaranteed anything. So what, what do I tell them? That's a tricky one. That question, what are the key metrics are debated at almost every single PR conference I go to. And there, what's great is that there are a lot of metrics that are available now. PR itself is becoming more data-driven, mm-hmm. but it's really important to look at quality and quantity and to take some of the metrics that you have access to, which I'll, I'll give a couple of examples, but then overlay that with how, how are you tracking performance for your company? So really take that customized approach to what's making your company tick. How are you starting to look at some of the metrics for marketing overall? Some of the common metrics that we look to for our clients. Again, it's customized, but we're looking at a couple of buckets of metrics overall. One is mentions. So that's news mentions and looking at the tone. So whether it's positive, negative, or neutral. So we're looking at mentions overall. Mm-hmm. And then we're looking at, let's think of it, if you picture a bullseye and there's a media target bullseye based on your audiences, how, many, how much are we breaking through? Mm-hmm. in some of those core areas. So that's one. We also track share voice for a lot of our clients. So especially if you're looking to break through or gain ground against key competitors within a market, we would look at share of voice, SOV, and measure that. And that's a good way to show traction too. So if you're reporting back to your CEO, you would be able to see, you know, this is how much ground we're gaining overall. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. could take that even further, especially if you're, promoting a specific product, you're launching a new data or white paper, you can look at other sources like traffic that you might be tracking anyway within your marketing metrics and look at traffic to specific pages and then look at some of the referrals that you might be getting from earned media as well. So those are just a couple of examples. Right. Right. In interviews I've read with you and also in this conversation, you've used the word agile and a lot of times people use agile to mean lean, just to, you know, mm-hmm. fewer people doing more stuff. Now, I, I don't think that's what you're meaning. So what does it mean? What does agile mean when applied to PR? And how can I assess if the agency I'm talking with is agile or not? That is a great question. And agile is certainly a word that it's almost an industry buzzword now off the back of the pandemic. And so many people talk about agility. That's because there's a real need for agility in practice and in principle when it comes to how you can move quickly from one solution to another. In every challenge, there's an opportunity. When it comes to Kite Hill, we look at agility in two ways. One, agile is one of our values. So we think about 
how can we shift? How can we be able to adapt to situations and come up with new solutions as we work day to day with our clients? So embracing agility is a big part of the mindset that we have. The other huge part of that that differentiates our agency from others is quite literally agile PR and putting that into practice in a way that has been inspired from agile development. So when I, early days in my career, I was in-house at a music tech company called eMusic, and I was trying to get much closer to the development of the products and the team so that I could do a better job at PR, so that I could see what's happening within the market overall. And within that experience, I started to work with the CTO and go to their tech standups and saw how they were using agile development to move through products, have daily standups as a part of agile overall, and be able to remove roadblocks and work closely as a team. And I took that inspiration with me for many years. And as I've grown the agency, we quite literally wrote the playbook on agile PR and developed our own workflow that we call the PR sprint. And that's something where we take the principles of agile, we apply it to PR, we go through sprints as an agency team and with our clients where we identify what are the key outputs and initiatives that we have within a sprint period? Just like if you were building a product, you would identify hmm. what are you looking to accomplish within that sprint timeframe. We do daily standups, which were in person or now on Zoom. Of course, you see these post-its. Now we use an agile board and go through that movement and we talk together as a team. What's great is that we found not only does it help us to be results focused in taking this initiative, but it also really helps us with collaboration, which is another one of our values because you get multiple eyes on the client initiative and talking about things that we're doing as an agency and other solutions. So there's just so much magic that happens in doing those standups and running through a sprint. And then at the end of it, of course, we're looking at how did we remove any roadblocks and how did we, what did we accomplish in that time frame? So even though it's earned media, you can still look at, okay, what are the outputs that I need to be able to accomplish for my clients and how do I run through that? So there's, there's multiple ways that we look at agility, but quite literally taking it into how we work every day as an agency is a big part of who we are and how we're different. Of course. You know, you also mention in interviews how important innovation is and what's innovative today can be table stakes tomorrow. So what are some of the things in your quiver that were innovative a few years ago, but you expect that any agency worth their salt should have on offer? Innovation is something that is important to who we are as an agency, because it's not only about how we work together as a team and with our clients, but we work with a lot of technology companies that are innovating, that are truly breaking through and coming up with new products and solutions that are a first of their kind within their market. So it's really a core of of who we are and how we operate. When it comes to innovation and PR, there's the evolution of the, the discipline that we continue to look at other ways to engage with audiences and to be able to come up with cutting edge communication strategies. One of the things that were kind of new to the industry that we talked a lot about in 2019 pre-pandemic that are table stakes now are around the areas of earned media amplification. So more, more digital chops for a lot of agencies and just being able to understand how do I take some of the 
key ways to break through and connect with audiences. I think one of the reasons that's become even more important is that previously we did rely on a lot of things that were in person and things like events, maybe the tried and true press conference. And while events are coming back, and I'm a big, big believer in the importance of in-person connections, events have changed and evolved. And in many ways, the outcomes and the experiences are different and can't be guaranteed in the same way that they were pre-pandemic. So we're looking to a lot of the digital channels to be able to take the great stories that we're telling, look at how we're breaking through with earned media, but amplify and make sure that we have a, a bigger megaphone around some of those stories. So when we're talking about earned media and we're talking about connecting and we're talking about these digital channels, a lot of that boils down to social channels, right? Because this is the number one place where people are picking up their news. True? That's true. Okay. Yeah, it's looking at it's looking at channels like LinkedIn and Twitter, which are important for key audiences, especially from a B2B perspective with right. LinkedIn. But it's also important from a journalist perspective. So we can almost look at LinkedIn and Twitter as the modern newsroom. So journalists ah, are, okay. are, are, are going to those They're channels. They're skulking to, around there. <laughs> yes, when you're reporting. I mean, that's a, a, a great way for you to think about. It's you know, They could go to your press page. They could go to your website. But they're probably going to check out your LinkedIn to see what's being said about you on social media. And that's a, a good way for you to think about if I have news about my company, I need to make sure that I'm, I'm looking at all of the channels that are important to all of the stakeholders that I have and how am I, how am I getting that message out there? Well, it sounds like also, if that's the case, then if you are a leader at a company and you've engaged a firm and they're doing these things and it's all this thought leadership, you probably want to dust off that LinkedIn profile because it needs to be of a piece with the rest of what you're saying. Is that fair? Yes. Yes. That is a great point. That is something that we do a lot for executives when we're working on their thought leadership program is to take the content that we're producing. And after, let's say, a byline is published in a place like Fast Company, taking a, a snippet of that content and helping executives push that out on LinkedIn and write it for LinkedIn and other channels right. so that the, the great work that we're doing isn't happening in a vacuum. Right. Right. So the very last thing, as we wrap up our conversation, can you describe what makes someone or some brand a great client to partner with? One of the key things that makes a great client is all about collaboration, really being able to collaborate with an agency, focus on idea sharing and having that relationship that is about really celebrating the innovation of their company and making sure that the collaboration is something that we can work on together, share information. That's just a big part of it is just being able to come to, to the table as a true partner and having those the information flow both ways. I also think in being a great partner, it is about embracing agility and mm -hmm. it's also understanding when to pivot because in the business of earned media, not everything is going to break through, not 
every tactic is going to work. So really being able to to pivot when you need to, to embrace a new strategy is particularly important. I really appreciate that you took the time today to walk through these things. It's been eye-opening and interesting. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was a great conversation. Thanks for having me. We've reached the end of another episode of Up Next. I'd like to close by thanking my production team at Up Next, my friend Rob Naughton, the voice artist who recorded our open, and of course, all of you, the members of the audience. Thank you. I'll be talking to you again next time right here on Up Next.